Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Two days until the playoffs begin. There's Geno Smith starting a playoff game, doing a little gritty. There's Pete Carroll. Look out. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> there he goes buying a scooter. The Seahawks having a good old time. Pete Carroll cracks me up. Shereen, I don't know if you and I have ever had this conversation before. By the way, by the way, by the way, Chris Sims on assignment today. Not sick or sick or just taking the day off. He's actually interviewing Trevor Lawrence in advance of our Saturday Wild card. Uh, I'm sorry. Super wild card game. It super is super wild, wild card. card weekend, not just wild card weekend. So we got to get it right. But Shireen is in. Thank you very much, Shireen, for getting up early to join me here on PFT Live presented by Google Pixel. Learn more, as always, at googlestore.com. And hello to our audience watching on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85, watching on Sky Sports NFL whenever the show happens to be on. I'm really not quite sure, other than we're live on Fridays and Today isn't Friday, and podcast where it's never live, but we always appreciate your attention to what we're doing. All that said. Wait, today's Friday? I don't know if you and I have ever had the conversation. Today's not Friday. We're live on Friday. Today's Thursday. Don't try to do that to me. I got it. Don't, don't, do what, don't do what Jim Halpert did to Dwight Schrute once upon a time and acted like it was Friday when it was actually Thursday. I'm just saying we're live on Friday on Sky Sports NFL. I don't know what time we're on any other day of the week. Okay. Now, with all that out of the way... Pete Carroll is a very inspirational figure to those of us who are in the process of working our way towards 60 because he's made it past 70 and he's still out there kicking ass. And he undergoes a transformation anytime he gets within sniffing distance of a football field. You get him away from a field, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, it just amazes me how he undergoes this transformation. Away from the football field, he kind of moves around like the mob boss in a robe and slippers who's trying to convince everyone that he's really not mentally there and he's just kind of doddering. And then you get him near a football field and he throws it all off and he's as spry as a 30-year-old. 
So that's Pete Carroll. When it's time to play football, he is ready to go. He has unlimited energy, and we saw him in that video scooting around. They said something to me about Shireen. I don't know what it was. I have a feeling we've lost Shireen. We have no Shireen. We had Shireen. We had to work very hard before the show began to ensure that we could hear Shireen, or more importantly, that she could hear us. It's kind of hard to do the show if she can't hear what I'm saying, although some people would say if she can't hear what I'm saying, she's fortunate. We can't hear her or talk to her for now, so I'm just going to get right to it until Shireen returns. We're waiting in Miami for Tua Tonga-Vailoa to return, and there was a vibe. Before I let you hear what Mike McDaniel had to say yesterday, there was a vibe that Tua wasn't going to play in this game. It'll be three weeks since his latest concussion. Something I feel more significant, more broad, more permanent maybe happening behind the scenes as to this issue of Tua Tonga-Vailoa playing and then periodically getting another concussion and then not playing. How much longer will the Dolphins go with a starting quarterback who has had at least two, maybe three concussions this year. Most of us think it was three. The official number is two. Here's the official comment from Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel on Wednesday as to the status of his quarterbacks for the playoff game, Super Wildcard playoff game at Buffalo on Sunday. Um, Tua has not been cleared by doctors to resume football activities on the field with his teammates. So um, because of that and because of the time that um, he's missed, I can rule him out for Sunday. Teddy is still working his way back. Um, uh, His biggest thing is he he knew that he had to be in a position where um, he had to be fully functional. Uh, on Sunday. As a result, um, we will be approaching uh, the game today, the Wednesday game, as Skylar Thompson as our starting quarterback. That's the word from Mike McDaniel. And look, this is a serious health situation for Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and we have witnessed an even more serious health situation of a different kind. Now, 10 days ago, it feels a lot longer than that with DeMar Hamlin. So Tua not cleared and not even an attempt to get him cleared. It's one thing to not be cleared on Wednesday before a game more than two weeks after you've had a concussion. It's another thing to not be cleared by game day. But it tells me, Shireen, that wherever he is in that five-step return-to-play protocol, they've decided he ain't getting through step five by Sunday. So we're just going to rule him out. We're just not even going to go there. That's it, and they're preparing for Skylar Thompson to be the starter because Teddy Bridgewater's still dealing with a pinky injury. They call it dislocated. I was told from the get-go there's a fracture, too, which makes it even harder for Teddy to grip a football and come back and play. So no Tua. We knew it as of Wednesday, and now we know it looks like it's going to be the rookie that they really like, but rookie quarterback, playoff game on the road, Buffalo Bills, all the other factors associated with playing in Buffalo this year, this weekend. There's a reason why the Dolphins are 13-point underdogs, the biggest wild-card weekend underdog ever. Well, and Mike, we go back to think about Jimmy Garoppolo. We always talked about that health was one factor that you have to factor into him, and it has been his health, and it's been the same way with Tua, frankly, since he's been in the league for three years. And 
you know, concussions happen and sometimes they're unavoidable and they're not your fault and all those things. But the fact is that he's missed a lot of games over three years. And, and the Dolphins knew, obviously, before this week, probably before last week, probably before the week before that, that they more than likely 99% weren't going to have Tua Tonga-Vailoa uh, in the postseason. And their chances of winning this game, we all think, are slim and none. Um, the biggest underdog, I think, in wild card weekend ever. So their chances of winning this are, are slim to none, Mike. But even if they win it, I mean, I don't see Tua coming back this year. Um, and we hope that he comes back next year and has a good career. But this is kind of where he is in his career right now. We think of him as, you want to say, injury prone because that's what's happened over three years. Well, one very important point, and you're right, 12 points was the biggest spread for Wild Card Weekend ever, and right now it's 13, 13 and a half in some places, and it may go up even higher because I would suspect that plenty of people will be inclined to take Buffalo and give the yeah. points even at 13. If the Dolphins somehow would pull the biggest upset based on point spread in Wild Card Round history, why would you bring back Tua? It will have meant well, great that point. Yeah. Skylar Thompson led the Bills to this <laughs> enormous, significant franchise-altering win. All of a sudden, Skylar Thompson isn't just your quarterback for the rest of the postseason. He may be your quarterback in 2023 regular season. More on that in a minute. With Tua, this is where I struggle because on one hand, once Tua is cleared, he's cleared. And if Tua wants to come back and play football, yeah. he should be able to come back and play football until his next concussion. But, but I think there are other issues at play here, exacerbated by DeMar Hamlin. The broader PR reality of the National Football League, the optics, as they say, of the NFL. You got one team that has a quarterback who's concussion prone. It's not just injury prone. Jimmy Garoppolo torn ACL, sprained ankle, twisted this, tweaked that. No, this is concussion, concussion, concussion. Well, the first concussion officially wasn't a concussion, but those of us who have common yeah. sense know it was a brain injury, not a back injury that caused him to wobble back in late September, week three against these same Buffalo Bills. So at what point, Shireen, is it okay for the football machine, the giant football machine made up of interchangeable parts of players who always come and go, and either the part is broken or the part is deemed to not be good enough to be in the machine anymore or the part chooses to pop out of the machine and walk away like Andrew Luck? Whatever the case may be, is it appropriate for the Dolphins to just say, we're out? We don't want this. We don't need this. We don't want to be the focal point of the national football concussion debate because our quarterback can't avoid hitting his head on the ground because he doesn't get rid of the football. He gets ragdolled because the physics aren't on his side. And even if he's healthy and he wants to play and he's cleared to play, we're just not doing it anymore because we can't continue to have once every two or three months the national media descend on our facility, the Today Show, the cable news networks, talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa and his latest concussion. It's not good for us. It's not for the, good for the game. It's not good for anybody. And it's more of like a self-preservation, not 
we're, we're concerned about Tua. We're concerned about ourselves because it's hurting the business to have a guy with concussion tendency and propensity on the field. I feel like that's where it's heading, and I'm struggling with whether or not that's right or wrong for the Dolphins to feel that way. It'll be interesting, Mike, if that happens. I can see time playing out over the offseason. He gets cleared, sees multiple people, gets cleared. Enough time has passed where people go, yeah, okay, he's all right to come back and play in August or September. It is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Dolphins for those reasons, and what do they do at the quarterback position? Because, Mike, let's just say he's cleared. Dolphins aside, he's our quarterback for, for 2023. Let's just say that happens hypothetically. So what do you do at the backup position? Like, you've got to have a backup you can count on to come in and play multiple games thinking we may not have him Forget all season. We may not have him for very many games in 2023. So to me, you've still got to have plans at the quarterback position, even if it's for the backup quarterback position to get a veteran in there who you know can step in and play and not have to start a seventh-round draft pick in the postseason. So they have quarterback issues, whether it's – Moving on from Tua and getting somebody else in as your starting quarterback or having a better backup. And I know they thought Teddy was going to be that guy, but the fact is they're starting Skylar Thompson this this week. So maybe you need two guys behind him, frankly. Well, you need a backup who can stay healthy. That's part of the other problem for the Dolphins. Teddy Bridgewater, when he's played this year, has gotten himself banged up. Now there was that one game against the Jets where he made the quick exit with the, the I think, overly cautious spotter decision to remove Teddy Bridgewater based upon an appearance of ataxia. That's the new buzzword for what behavior is demonstrated to cause a guy to not just get a concussion evaluation but to be shut down for the rest of the day. But the finger, I mean, look, you got to have durable quarterbacks. And we're going to talk about one here in a minute who has shown that he is incredibly durable over many years, more than 20 at this point. But with Tua, there's one important date looming, and that's May 3rd. That's when the Dolphins have to make the decision on his fifth-year option. I think at this point there's no way they're touching it because it becomes fully guaranteed the moment it's exercised. I don't think there's any way they pick that up, even if they decide to go forward with him. Because, Shereen, you you made the perfect point. At some point he will be cleared, presumably. There's also a chance he's never getting cleared again. At some point he will have had... Too many concussions like job at best, and no doctor is going to put his or her name at the bottom of the page saying, I authorize this player to continue to play the sport of football that has caused him to have X number of concussions and counting. And even if you do get cleared, what happens when you come back and play? Unless you are going to dramatically change your style and get rid of the football before you get ragdolled to the ground and have your head hit the turf. That's how each of his concussions, the two that we know about and the third one that we suspect, have happened. So, before we get to May and they don't pick up the fifth-year option, we get to March. And all those quarterbacks that are going to be available this year, plenty of veterans, more than ever before, the quarterback carousel is going to spin like a mug, as Jamal Williams said the other night. (laughs) Well, what do you do? What do you do? And, Shereen, I say that because just before the show, I posted a PFT, and if you read it, great. And if you didn't, shame on you. But I posted right before the show – 
that Tom Brady is in play for Miami. Yeah. I mean, he was last year. We know that. They got whacked for trying to line up Tom Brady and Sean Payton for tampering with those two individuals. They were trying to thread this needle where we're going to get Payton, we're going to get Brady, we're going to go forward. The Brian Flores lawsuit blew that up and kept it from happening. Well, this year Tom Brady's a free agent. There's no contractual rights held by the Bucks that need to be finagled or or dealt with or a trade or whatever. He's a free agent first day of the new league year. And they tried to get him in 2020. They tried to get him in 2022. And now they can get him unrestricted and unfettered in 2023. And when you look at that team, offense and defense, you look at the weapons, you look at the coaching, and I assume Mike McDaniel will be back, although with Stephen Ross, you never quite know what he's going to do. Tom Brady would have reason to be interested in that team. And then you throw in the fact that, I mean, I mean, the family issues, we feel like a little inappropriate talking about it, but he wants to stay close to his kids. Well, that's a reason to go to Miami instead of San Francisco or Las Vegas. You're going to be closer to your kids if you're in Miami and if you don't stay in Tampa. So that's on the table. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think we need to at least plant a flag on the possibility that as the Dolphins consider their options, if they have decided to move on from Tua Tonga-Bailoa, it could be that they finally make the move for Tom Brady, Shereen. Well, and Mike, if you do that, you've absolutely moved on from Tua because he didn't handle that very well when, when the word came out that the Dolphins had looked, were looking at Tom Brady uh, and thinking about replacing him. He just didn't handle that very well. So he wouldn't handle that. Like you couldn't bring him back and say, well, we'll just sit him behind Tom Brady for a year, a year passes. People will be okay with him coming back. We'll sign him to a long-term deal. We'll franchise tag him. Whatever the case may be, he'll be our next quarterback. You can't do that. At that point, you've decided that you have moved on from Tua. You've got to trade him, cut him, get rid of him in some way, uh, and let him go see if somebody else will give him an opportunity. So let's say that happens. By let's say they they bring in Tom Brady. They're going to bring in this bridge quarterback and whatever. Skylar Thompson is going to be their next quarterback, or they're going to go get a young guy to come in after Brady. Whatever the case may be. You've moved on from Tua. Does Tua get another opportunity with another team? Well, contractually, he has $4.7 million fully guaranteed in 2023. We hear all the time about NFL players need fully guaranteed contracts. Everybody in round one now gets a four-year fully guaranteed contract. It used to be the first 20. It's now all 32. And it clearly applied to Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the fifth overall pick in 2020. So... The Dolphins are on the hook for $4.7 million. Do they trade him? Do they keep him? Do they cut him? The question would be, is there someone out there that is willing to assume that obligation, to assume that, that $4.7 million is nothing as backup quarterbacks nothing. go, yeah. but the reality is this. He's got that scarlet letter of concussions. There's a point where, and I've been waiting for this to happen for 13 years. Not that I've been rooting for it, but... When the NFL becomes hypersensitive to concussions and creates protocols that require players to remain out of action until they get all appropriate clearances, well, you're going to have a guy at some point who, when he plays, he's going to get concussions more quickly than others. And, and Javid Best was really the first one, but, but Javid Best never pushed back. Once Javid Best had his concussion, 
when he was playing for the Lions, it was against the 49ers. It was the Jim Harbaugh, Jim Schwartz, what's your deal, bro? Although that was a different coach and coach encounter. That was Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh when they were both at college. But that was the midfield confrontation between Harbaugh and Schwartz. Same game. Best hits his head on the ground. Doesn't look like that big of a deal. But given his history, concussion never gets cleared again. Tua would be the first one who I think is saying, I want to play. I'm trying to play. I want to be on a team. And the Dolphins say, no, thank you. What do other teams say? I don't know how any team can well, make him yeah. the starting quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't know how you can justify that. And a year ago, and even more than that, going into the 2021 season, around Labor Day, that's when this notion spiked that the Dolphins are going to trade for Deshaun Watson. And that created, if you think he didn't handle talk of Tom Brady, and there was the, the weird, you're right, weird questions and answers at the press conferences, and it's like he was acting like he didn't understand how serious the pursuit of Tom Brady was. He was acting like it was in 2020 before they drafted him. No, Tua, it was in 2022 after they employed you for two years and after they spent up until the trade deadline in 2021 trying to trade for Deshaun Watson to the point where Tua did not handle that well at all. Tua was having a tough time processing whether or not the team believes in him, and there's the whole issue of how Brian Flores was coaching him and how I heard at the time they voted Tua a captain and he didn't want the C on his jersey because he felt like the organization wasn't behind him. This all bubbles up again, and it's not because of performance. Before it was because of performance. Now it's because of this chronic concussion issue and it's a shame but it's no different than a guy not being fast enough big enough strong enough can't jump high enough doesn't have ball skills can't block properly whatever it is that makes a guy not qualified to play in the nfl this is just another category too many head injuries and the player isn't good enough to overcome the issue if it was josh allen or patrick mahomes you find a way to deal with it when you're not at that cut of the best of the best and you've got this constant cloud that becomes a big deal for the NFL, a big deal for the Dolphins. It becomes national news, a national conversation. We just can't. We can't do that. We just can't do it anymore. And it's something that doesn't even have to be spoken. It's just one of those things where people just kind of nod and they know. They know. It's time to activate the, we have a guy here that we just can't keep on the team. We can't do it anymore. And I don't think any other team is going to come to that same conclusion. It's kind of like... It's similar but different to what happened to Colin Kaepernick. There's going to be either a collective or coincidental decision made by all the teams that we can't have this guy in the NFL anymore because when he plays, we have to hold our breath and sit on the edge of our seat that he's going to have a concussion, and that's going to lead the morning shows on ABC, CBS, and NBC the next day. We don't want that kind of attention on our sport, and we don't want parents out there fretting about not letting their kids play. And I think that's the real analysis unspoken by the team. They're not going to come out and say this is why they did it. They're going to say it's in the best interest of Tua. I think they're thinking in their own best interest. And that's why I think, Shireen, we've kind of worked this through. I don't think he's going to be on the Dolphins next year. I think there's a good chance he's not going to be on any team next year. I think he is on the Dolphins next year because I do think time passes. People forget uh, or, or don't think about it as much as, as it's in their memory right now. And I, th- I think... By the time September comes around, I think it's a new season and people have kind of, I don't want to say moved on because nobody forgets about those concussions that he had, but they're far enough in the past, I think, that 
uh, it, it's not an issue until he has another one. Now, is he going to have another one? I, I don't know. But the way he's hit his head on the field the three times it's happened this year, I certainly would be concerned about that, more than concerned about that. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate for him and unfortunate for the Dolphins, Mike, because he was having an MVP caliber year. And at midseason, we were talking about the Dolphins as one of the best teams. I don't know how high they got up in your power rankings, but I know they were in the top five. And we were talking about them you. as a potential. How dare you? Yes. <laughs> how high did they get? How high were they in your power rankings? I don't. Hell, I don't. I don't know either. I don't know. Those things are meaningless. <laughs> I appreciate were... you mentioning them, but I don't know. <laughs> but they were high up, and we all thought they had a chance at the Super Bowl. We all thought after they beat the Bills, they had a chance to win the division. They were in first place in the division. And then Tua's concussion started, and that's when the downhill came on. Now, the 49ers obviously have had quarterbacks behind Trey Lance who could play, who have stepped in with three quarterbacks. They had a good enough team. But I know the Dolphins feel like they have a good enough team that if they had the quarterback, they would be in contention right now for the Super Bowl. So that, to me, is a question they have to ask themselves is the quarterback is the reason now that we're not going to go win a Super Bowl in the postseason. We feel like we have the rest of the team to do that. What is our best answer at the quarterback position? If Tua can stay healthy, I think they can do it with Tua. But to me, that's just a huge he question he mark. He can't. And even even if you do, again, you've got to have one or two guys behind him who can play. But, yeah, I, I get your point, Mike, that it, it's, it becomes a point when you just feel like he, he's going to have another one. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Bottom line, Shereen, this is an ownership decision, and I believe, I don't know, but I believe ownership has already made the decision. Ownership had made the decision last year to move on from Tua. And this year, hey, he played well enough to be our guy, but he didn't play often enough, and now we have to deal with all this concussion stuff, and I don't need that. I don't want that. That's not good for me. That's not good for the sport. It's time to finally move on from this guy and trust the fact that he played so well 
because he benefits from Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, yeah. Jeff Wilson Jr., good offensive line, brilliant coach who knows how to make the most out of the guys he has. And if we could be as good as we were with Tua, think of how much better we'd be with Tommy. I think that's the analysis. That's why I don't think – I mean, we can make a – I hate to make a wager on something like this because it involves someone's health. But you say you think he'll be there. I say I think yeah. he won't be, and I think it's an ownership decision that's already been made. Let's move on to the other team in that Sunday game that starts the triple header of Super Wild Card Weekend. The Bills hosting the Dolphins, and the Bills got some great news. We all got some great news. Nine days after suffering cardiac arrest, DeMar Hamlin has been discharged completely from all hospital care. He was transferred from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center to Buffalo General Medical Center on Tuesday, Monday. Tuesday, he underwent a battery of tests, and they decided on Wednesday that he could continue his recovery and rehab at home. Awesome news. And I fully anticipate he's going to be at that game on Sunday. And my goodness, the reaction that will occur uh, when when he shows up wearing his number three, walks out onto the field, um, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever experienced. Now, the Bills still have to play a game, Shireen. Let's hear from Sean McDermott, coach of the team yesterday, on this question of whether the tide has turned with all the positive news that has emerged about DeMar Hamlin in the 10 days since he suffered that cardiac arrest against the Bengals in Cincinnati. You guys are great, man. This is, uh, now we're just focused on this game, honestly. I appreciate where you're going with that, but uh, this is not a soap opera. Um, so we've got, we've got one game to get ready for, and that's really what we're focused on. Okay. All right, thanks, guys. And, you know, that's the reality. He's right. The emotion gives you a lift, but hey, they were in a tough game with the Patriots on Sunday. I give the Patriots a ton of respect for standing strong in a spot where no one in the country, other than the most ardent Patriot fan, and even some of them were probably like, well, you know what, today, it's kind of the Bills' day today. You just kind of have to accept your circumstances. But you still have to stay focused. And if you get caught up in thinking about anything other than taking care of the task at hand, you are susceptible to being upset in the playoffs. Whether you're thinking ahead to playing the Bengals next weekend, thinking ahead to playing the Chiefs at a neutral site, once you start thinking ahead, that's when a team that has nothing to lose. Because the talent gap, even though the Bills are clearly better than the Dolphins, especially with Skylar Thompson at quarterback taking on Josh Allen, the talent gap from best team in the playoffs to worst team in the playoffs isn't dramatic. And if that team that is better wobbles in any way, it creates an opportunity for the lesser team to win the game. We see it all the time. We see it every year. We saw both number one seeds losing the divisional round last year. It happens. So Sean McDermott's got to have his guys buttoned up and ready to go. And he seems to understand that that's the challenge now with everything feeling so good and positive, And it almost becomes a sense of entitlement. Like we already know the end of this story. The bills are going to get to the Super Bowl and win it. We still got to win it one game at a time, or this storybook ending is not going to be quite as special as we had hoped and expected it to be. Gosh, Sean McDermott, what a season he has had in handling everything just so great. And, 
you know, I, I had him on my list of coaches for coach of the year simply because of all the things that this team's go- gone through. You think about the snowstorm that caused the game to be moved to Detroit, the mass shooting in Buffalo, uh, DeMar Hamlin and a game being canceled and just everything that's that's gone on with them. And if you're right, if DeMar Hamlin shows up at this game, what a boost that's going to be for, for the Bills. And I think the Dolphins probably can just pack up their gear and head on back to the house at that point, which they probably could now, and, and uh, we'd be okay with that because I think the Bills are going to win this game very handedly. But they certainly are going to get that boost uh, from DeMar Hamlin because we all expect him to show up at that game uh, and, and look forward to seeing him there. But, yeah, Mike, Sean McDermott, I just think, has done a fantastic job handling the feels like that the tide has turned for them. Uh, and, you know, with Micah Hyde returning to practice, he's probably not going to play this week. But everything just seems to go, be going back in their favor. And it just seems like uh, things have turned for the better for Buffalo and for DeMar Hamlin. What he realizes, though, McDermott, that the tide can turn quickly and dramatically in yeah, three hours on a Sunday afternoon in the postseason. The Chargers gave them a scare in the wild card round a couple of years ago. That you, you you need to emerge from this first round with your win, and then you refocus on a much tougher test because as things stand, it looks like it's going to be Bengals at Bills in the divisional round. Something else that the Bengals are a little salty about because with all this talk of coin tosses and neutral sites, they would say, why is it automatic that we have to go to Buffalo? Why wasn't there a coin yeah. toss there? Why wasn't there a neutral site there? It's just one of the reasons why the Bengals are upset you know, there's a different set of emotions fueling the Bengals. The Bills are this sentimental favorite. The Bengals have a stick up their butt. They think they got screwed. And <laughs> yeah. look, and I, I mean, really, I mean, the circumstance is what it is. The circumstance screwed them. It, it was far more serious for DeMar Hamlin, but the Bengals were victims of that circumstance, and then the Bengals were victims of the way the league dealt with it on the back end, and they were just kind of forgotten and overlooked, and they're using that as motivation. They're using that as a way to say, hey, you gave us the middle finger. We're going to give it back to you, and we're going to go beat everyone that we face. We're going to pivot to that game now, Ravens-Bengals. That's the Sunday night game on NBC. And before we get to the Bengals, there is an interesting situation, to say the least, unfolding regarding the Baltimore Ravens. December 4, Lamar Jackson injures his knee against the Broncos. Tyler Huntley comes in, and they win the game late, thanks to Huntley's efforts. Jackson hasn't played or practiced since then. Let's hear from John Harbaugh on the status of Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley, who also is injured, had a shoulder, missed the Week 18 game in Cincinnati. The status of those two quarterbacks approaching a return to Cincinnati for the Super Wild Card round on Sunday. I don't have anything to add on that. No updates at this time. With with Lamar, just one more, uh, you know, how comfortable would you guys be at, at playing Lamar if he was able to go at less than a hundred percent? Of course, yeah. Whatever, as long as he's safe and healthy and can play, it's for any player. It's not really just any particular player. I mean, any player goes out there and if he's healthy and safe and it's not going to do any damage to an injury, any player, you know, plays and does what he can uh, to the level that he can in that situation. John, John Tyler Huntley didn't throw. Didn't, 
helped think through it all in the portion that we, we, we watched. Is he doing any better with those injuries that he was dealing with? Yeah, he's doing a lot better. He was out there at practice today and uh, took a bunch of plays. So uh, uh, he had a good day today. He's, I'd say he's on schedule, hopefully, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Tyler Huntley's going to be available. I don't know that that makes enough of a difference. Lamar Jackson is clearly their best option. And, Shereen, what what I gleaned between the lines of what John Harbaugh said, and I, I, I've since heard some other things that causes me to believe this even more strongly, Lamar Jackson probably could play right now, probably, at less than 100%. But is choosing not to, and I fully support that. I think that's what's happening. I don't know, but I think what's happening here is he's at the point where he could play at something less than 100%. He's choosing to protect himself because he doesn't have his long-term contract. But you have to wonder at what point, not just the coaching staff in the front office, because I have sensed something close to exasperation from the coaching staff in the front office as it relates to Lamar Jackson not returning from his knee injury. At some point, you're going to get the side eye from your teammates, and they're going to wonder how committed you are to the cause. You know, I've suggested in the past that maybe a player who hasn't gotten the contract that he deserves should hold out of a playoff game, that that would be one hell of an aggressive move, but it would be one hell of an aggressive move. And it says something to the fan base. It says something to your teammates about how committed you are to pursuing the ultimate prize. And there's a point where... If you're able to play, and the way that John Harbaugh laid it out, able to come back and play and not suffer a re-injury, and that applies to any player, any player. I mean, he properly conditioned it, but lurking between the lines, the idea that, yeah, he probably could come back and play right now. And if he could, we're fine with that. Doesn't have to be 100%. As long as you can protect yourself and not suffer a re-injury. Now, I don't know how that works with a knee injury. And also, you may compensate and cause some other injury, or you're not moving like you used to, and maybe you get a hit that you didn't expect, and... You get a different injury, but th- there's, I think, organizational frustration with Lamar Jackson right now. I sense it. I feel it. And whether that forces him to play, whether that kind of shames him into playing, I don't know. But the bottom line is he doesn't have his long-term contract and the risk of playing this extra game beyond the regular season for 2022 a game that you don't get paid nearly as much as you ordinarily get paid, and you're putting your long-term financial future on the line, I can understand why I wouldn't want to. I mean, this is a tough one. I can understand why I wouldn't want to. I can understand why the Ravens are like, dude, I mean, you want to get yourself a fully guaranteed contract, not playing in a playoff game when you could play in a playoff game. It's kind of a tough way to get a fully guaranteed contract. This is a very difficult back and forth, uh, an awkward tug of war between player and team that I think is playing out, and 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 maybe it, it starts to bubble up even more between now and Sunday night. Yeah, I completely under- understand both sides of this, Mike, and I understand if Lamar Jackson doesn't feel he is 100% to go out there and play, because even if he would return have returned to practice for all three days this week, he still has a play to game in six weeks. That still would only be three practices. It's not like he's a pocket quarterback where he can just sit back in the pocket, get rid of the ball so he doesn't get hit. He, he's a guy who runs, who uses his legs. So if he's not 100%, 
then he probably feels like he can't do what he normally does, which takes everything away from making Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson. So I completely get where he's coming from, and I also get where the team is coming from because this is the second year in a row, Mike, that he's finished the season injured. He missed the final four games of last season. They didn't make the postseason last year. They're going to be one and done, we all think, this year, unless they pull a massive upset, which nobody expects him to pull a massive upset. So he's missed nine of his last 21 games that the team's played. So I think the question now is if you're – Baltimore, and you've already offered him this big contract that he's turned down in the offseason that he obviously wanted more guaranteed money because of what Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland. If you're Baltimore, are you in the same situation as Miami for different reasons saying, we got to get a different guy in here. We're done with Lamar. We're going to find a guy, A, who can stay healthy, and B, who will accept a contract that we think is fair and reasonable. The questions that need to be considered go like this. First of all, what's worse when you're trying to get the fully guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson received? Coming back when you're basically healthy for a playoff game with a small risk of some sort of re-injury and playing well or playing bad, or finishing the last two seasons hurt and possibly pissing off your teammates because they think you don't care enough to come back and try to pursue a championship. You throw on top of it that if you're missing games – late in each of the last two years, that makes it even harder to justify a fully yeah. guaranteed contract. So, you know, at, at some point, the Ravens, I think, just need to come to the conclusion. We got five years out of Lamar Jackson, who was the 32nd pick in the draft. He was the MVP in his second season. That's great. We got no Super Bowl appearances out of it. But we got five solid seasons where we were contenders. And we've tried decided to do a long-term deal. We tried to give him a significant amount of money for 2022 that he turned down because he had that Deshaun Watson contract in his head. And if you, if you just can't reach an agreement with the player that you would like to stay on the team, no matter how hard you try, if he's driving a bargain that is so hard that you won't even consider entertaining accepting his proposal, it's no different than a guy who is injury-prone to the point where you've got to move on. A guy who suffers a broken leg and can never play again. Whatever it is, whatever the circumstance is, it's it's just a factor that causes you to say we're going to move on. And I think... And who knows, this may change. Maybe they'll just let him walk away as a free agent. I I think that they have pivoted at some point from intending to use the exclusive franchise tag next year to the non-exclusive tag to see what some other team would offer him if they're willing to give up two first-round picks or otherwise work out a trade with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but but I, we're almost at the point where it would be useful for him to see what else is out there or what else isn't out there. I'm kind of, you know, for the first time I'm thinking, maybe just let him become a free agent. Now, would he take less from another team just to stick it to the Ravens? Well, if he does, so be it. But he's not going to get a five-year fully guaranteed contract at this point. I don't think he's going to get it from anyone. And if he really wants it, this is a point that I made previously, and I'll make it succinctly and then shut up. To get Deshaun Watson's contract, you got to be in Deshaun Watson's situation. You've got to say to the team, I'm never playing for you again. 
trade me. And they have to say yes. And you have to manage to bring four teams to the table and play them against each other and tell one of them at the right time, I'm not signing with you, and hope that they swing back around and say, what if we give you a five-year fully guaranteed contract? That's how Deshaun Watson got it. It was a unique set of circumstances that was engineered toward that end. They just don't fall out of the sky. Lamar Jackson thinks a five-year fully guaranteed contract is going to fall out of the sky. And this is where you need an agent, Lamar. An agent will explain to you why you're not going to get a five-year fully guaranteed contract, and maybe you should take the best offer the Ravens will make. My concern for him now, Shereen, the best offer they would have made in August, probably wouldn't make it now. Uh, that was going to be my point, Mike. I think he has passed up the best offer that he's going to see, and I just don't think that he's going to get the offer that they gave him in August. I just think it's going to be less than – I don't think any team is. I, and I think he's going to be very surprised when, if he does become a free agent, that no team steps up and gives him a Deshaun Watson-type contract. And if I'm the Ravens, if I'm in their shoes, I probably do let – him walk away now maybe I come back and say hey here you know we'll offer you this or come back to the table if you want to come back here but let him go see what's out there for him because I don't think it's going to be anywhere near what the Ravens offered in August I don't think it's kind of going to come close to that and I think he's going to be very surprised by that but absolutely he needs an agent to handle this so now you've you've missed all this time Let's say they lose this week. Are you just going to start negotiating with the Ravens next week? Like, how does that work if you're a player? I just, he needs to go hire an agent and get some help in, in, in this, especially if he goes into free agency, Mike. I don't know as a player how you're going to be able to handle that. And, and think about that. Deshaun Watson's agents handled the situation as it relates to his trade perfectly. Yeah. There arguably would be some constructive criticism as it relates to the other issues that Deshaun Watson has dealt with the past two years, including the refusal to negotiate at all when Tony Busby first got in touch with them about one of what ultimately was more than 20 plaintiffs who sued Deshaun Watson. That could have all been handled quietly without an 11-game suspension, without litigation and worrying about criminal indictment, etc. But as it relates to establishing a market for his services, first – convincing the Texans to trade him, then getting multiple teams at the table and getting the Browns, whether they intended to or not, to offer that five-year fully guaranteed contract that he couldn't refuse. You can't do that without somebody who knows the right people to call. I mean, if, if, if the Ravens would say to Lamar Jackson, let's play this out. If they would say to Lamar Jackson, we've decided we're not going to use the franchise tag or the transition tag. Transition tag is another option as well. Because it gives yeah. them a right to match. All right, go get your best offer somewhere else, and we'll match it. Let someone else negotiate the deal. Who's going to negotiate it? Who would, who would even know to call when you don't have an, an agent, a good agent? I'm not saying any agent, not some run-of-the-mill person has got no clients. I'm talking about somebody who is versed in representing quarterbacks. And there, there's a, you know, a collection of folks out there who can do it. And I'm not going to start naming names because then the ones I don't name will be pissed off. But... It doesn't take much to figure out who they are. And without that, I'm, you know, if, if, who do you call? Who do you call if, if you want to see who's interested in your services? How do you even begin that process? And, yeah, they'll find you, but then you got to negotiate the deal. How do you negotiate the deal? What do you say? I want Deshaun Watson's contract, and they say, no, we'll give you this instead. What do you do? So maybe the transition tag is the way to go. 
because then Lamar Jackson goes out and tries to negotiate a contract with someone else. And now it may be that no other team wants to negotiate the deal with him because they'll just assume the Ravens will match it. But fundamentally, this comes down to the refusal of Lamar Jackson to engage in practical, pragmatic, realistic negotiations. And I say that because what happened earlier this week, the day after the regular season ended, before they even played a playoff game, Roquan Smith, who plays a position that entails a far far higher injury risk, he gets his long-term deal. And he's not represented. He represented himself, and he was able to work it out. What does that tell you, Shireen, about the willingness of the Ravens to be fair with all players, even the ones who don't have agents? Yeah, and they did it quickly, Mike. They started talking in mid-December and got this deal done, and, and the trade turned out to be a very good one for Baltimore and a very good one, frankly, for Roquan Smith because he wasn't getting that contract from the Bears. So all around, it worked out for Roquan Smith. It worked out for the Bears. It worked out for the Ravens. And it does tell you that the Ravens can get a deal done with the guy who negotiates for himself. And he landed the deal that he wanted. And he's happy with this deal. And the Ravens are happy with this deal. And if Lamar had taken that deal in August, I think he'd be looking back right now saying, man, I, I, that was a great deal that, that I got because having missed all these games for a second year in a row, I certainly wouldn't be getting that deal now. But he didn't take it, so he is where he is. And I think he's cost himself, Mike, a lot of money. Yeah. I agree. And this whole transition tag thing, it's kind of fun to talk through these issues because it gives me a reason to focus and think where I otherwise may not have even thought of that. Because my first thought was just let him walk away. The transition tag is a way to... Absolutely. And it's cheaper than the franchise tag. And it's a way for the Ravens to sit back and say, hey, we want to keep this guy. We've tried to negotiate with him. If you get an offer from someone else, we'll decide whether or not to match. And maybe another team will make an offer that the Ravens won't match. Or maybe another team just won't make an offer at all. Or maybe they'll offer something that is less than what the Ravens offered. But this could be the way that Lamar Jackson has his epiphany while he still could end up staying with the Ravens. Because I still think at the end of the day they'd like to find a way to keep him. Yeah. But they need to break through this logjam of the inability to do the contract. And speaking of Roquan Smith, you know, we have the breakdown at PFT. It's a five-year, $100 million deal. $60 million of it is, as a practical matter, fully guaranteed because the only way they avoid owing him 60 fully guaranteed is to cut him after one year with a guarantee of $45 million, and they're not going to do that. He's making $60 million over the next three years. And the other device the deal has, which plenty of contracts negotiated by agents don't have, it's got an early... For lack of a better term, pooper, give it, get off the pot clause for the team with $4 million roster bonus due early in March of the final two years of the deal. So the Ravens will have to decide on Roquan Smith early. And if they're not going to pay the $4 million, he becomes a free agent. They have to cut him and he hits the market while other teams still have money to spend. We see far too often, uh, Shereen, guys at the back end of a long term deal. There's no guarantee. There's no trigger to force them to make a decision early in the offseason. And the team can kind of toy with them and then approach them about taking less money when? When there's no other money out there. Like what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo? One of the reasons he took that deal to stay in San Francisco, he couldn't get to the market until they cut him. And he had no guaranteed money in his contract. And there was no offseason trigger to force the 49ers to make a decision. So it just shows you 
And look, hey, maybe Roquan Smith got better terms than he would have gotten otherwise because they'd like to prove a point to Lamar Jackson. Either way, it's a damn good deal. It's going to pay him at least $60 million over the next three years. And then, then the Ravens have to make an early decision in the final two years of the contract. So it's a great deal for Roquan Smith, and it proves, as he said in his press conference after he signed the contract, the team was fair, the team was honest, and they worked out the deal why can't Lamar Jackson do the same thing? That's the big takeaway. If Roquan Smith could do it, why can't Lamar Jackson do it? Yeah, and you talked about that trigger, Mike. That's something that Ezekiel Elliott had in his contract, which is why he's still on the Cowboys today. Otherwise, they would have moved on from him after last season. So it's a great thing to have in a contract. Very smart of Roquan Smith. He obviously uh, got some good advice uh, from elsewhere, uh, but did a great job with that. And he comes out of this happy. The Ravens come out of this happy. The Bears presumably come out of this happy with having traded him because they weren't going to sign him to this long-term deal. So everybody... Looks like a winner uh, in this deal. And now the Ravens can move on to try to get Lamar Jackson signed or decide what they're going to do with him or move on or whatever. And a year ago, I thought back, I was on here probably this time last year, where you're talking about, well, maybe Tyler Huntley is the answer for them at quarterback, had played pretty well at the end of last season. I think we figured out, and I think the Ravens have figured out over the last two years and the starts that he's made, that he's not the answer at quarterback if they do move on from Lamar. He's 3-5 and in his starts, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. So he has not played well enough for the Ravens to win. So I do think, Mike, if they move on from him, move on from Lamar, Tyler Huntley's not going to be their quarterback. They've got to go out and find a quarterback who they feel like. Another team, we talk about these teams that feel like they're really close and have the talent, but they just need that quarterback. The Rams are the model. They did it. They they had even reached a Super Bowl and moved on from Jared Goff and brought in Matthew Stafford and got their Super Bowl. At some point, you have to make that decision that my quarterback, whatever the reason, whether it's injuries, whether it's a contract, whether it's something else – just can't win in the postseason, I've got to move on and get a better option at quarterback, somebody who can stay healthy, somebody who can remain under contract that will accept a reasonable deal, and somebody who can lead us to the Super Bowl where we want to go because we feel like we have the team around him. And I don't think that Tyler Huntley is that guy, and I think the Ravens are still deciding whether Lamar Jackson is that guy long-term. Winning, in the, uh, winning a Super Bowl – requires not just winning in the regular season to position yourself for a Super Bowl run, but winning in the postseason. And as it relates to the Bengals, the favorite in this game, they've got the babyface killer in Joe Burrow who elevates his game in the postseason. We saw it last year. They barely beat the Raiders at home in the wild card round. Then they went to Tennessee. They found a way to beat the Titans there. And then down 21-3 to in the first half against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Came back and stole that game in overtime from Patrick Mahomes. That was something so here's what joe burrow said yesterday via espn.com you can't go out there scared in the moment he said in reference to playing in the playoffs you have to be a little arrogant to go out there in that moment and make the plays you need to make in those moments is where i kind of make my best plays it's where i'm most comfortable and these moments are moments that you remember and hey that's the difference frankly between joe burrow and oh i don't know i'm just going to pick a random name kirk cousins you got to step up and make the big throws in the big spot. Jimmy Garoppolo, big throw in a big spot. Jared Goff, big throw in a big spot. And look, they love Jared Goff in Detroit now. Well, he hasn't had to play a playoff game yet. They may realize that ceiling is still there. And that's what's fascinating about it, Shereen. For a lot of these quarterbacks who are good enough to win 
from September through early January. When it's single elimination time, it's different. Hell, even Aaron Rodgers, frankly, when he's at home, a little tighter, a little more careful, not just going out there with that arrogance, not going out there with a willingness to make a mistake because you've got to have that desire to be great and be great in the moment and make the big play. It helps to have great receivers too. But that's why I'm fully confident that we are going to see that Bills-Bengals game, divisional round, in Buffalo because I'd be stunned. You know, I always struggle with the wild card picks, and there are some that I go back and forth on. Bills winning, Bengals winning, those are the easiest two of the week. Oh, no question about it, Mike. And, you know, we we might have frankly been better served if we'd had some different playoff teams in here, but we, it is what it is. And I think those are going to be two games that are going to be blowouts. And those teams are going to be moving on to the next round. And I fully expect that we're going to see the Bengals and Bills play in the divisional round. And that's going to be a lot of fun because you talked about it. You look forward to the quarterbacks and there's just – are we excited about Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown? Are we excited about Skylar Thompson? No, and that's the reason we don't give those teams a chance. You have to have a quarterback who you feel like can win in the postseason. The quarterback position becomes way more important than the postseason, even than it is in the regular season. You can hide some of those warts in the regular season. When you get to the postseason on your quarterback, you can't hide those warts on your quarterback. They're going to show up. And I think that happens all the time. We see it all the time with guys who can't win in the postseason who are really good in the regular season. And I think the Bengals and the Bills both have discovered that their quarterbacks can step up, can make the big plays in the postseason. They're good enough to win with. So now it's just a matter of those guys winning a Super Bowl because obviously neither one has done it yet. One last point before we take a break. It's something I've thought of a couple of times during this segment as we've burned nearly the first full hour of the show, which means, (laughs) in my mind, it's a good conversation because otherwise you're just filling time. But here's something that isn't filled. This is something to take up another day, and this is something we need to track through the various years of the 14-team playoff field because this is the first year where I really believe, and it's year three of this experiment, this is the first year I really believe the eighth seed in each conference would be much better than the seventh seed in each conference. I'd rather have the Steelers and the Lions in this playoff field than, all due respect, the Seahawks and the Dolphins. And it just makes you wonder, should they just go to eight and be done with it? Would we have better teams, even though they'd be going to face the number one seed? And at that point, there'd be no extra advantage to being the number one seed other than home field advantage. I... I could get behind eight. Once you cross the bridge to seven, why not just go all the way to eight and put half the league in and then expand, which is I think is going to happen at some point, maybe later than sooner, but it's going to happen. But this year is a strong argument for anybody that wants eight teams per conference in the postseason because the, this weekend would be more interesting if we had the Steelers and Lions to talk about instead of the Dolphins and, and to a lesser extent the Seahawks. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return... The chase is heating up for Sean Payton, who is doing one hell of a job building interest and leverage for his next destination. We'll discuss that next on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.